for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is Saturday, August 27, 708 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the big show. I am, of course, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in Myrtle Beach with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. I'm your host for this morning's excursion into news, current events, all the craziness in this broken world that we live in. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, all the things happening in Biden's America that you just don't believe, but it's actually happening, folks. It's true. You're not living in a bad dream. You're living in reality. This thing we call the modern-day United States of America, it's happening. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we still believe in a few things. We believe in limited government. We believe in lower taxes. We believe in all the things that mean more freedom, more freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. Folks, you were intended to live in a free country. Those are the blessings of liberty that are your inheritance from the founding fathers and those that have come before us. And we are blowing it, folks. We got a government that is taking those things away from us. Our liberty is in uh, recline, uh, recline, decline, excuse me, I just got distracted by a, a word that came in over the text line. Our liberty is in decline and, and it, it's really in free fall at the moment folks decline is understating it so we got a country to save folks and it it hopefully prayerfully starts right here in the studio starts right there wherever you are wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice they say information is power we're here to talk about all the craziness going on in the world and what we can do about it so get the coffee going and we are going to get to it today We're joined here in the studio as always by producer extraordinaire dr glenn die mm-hmm. dr die how are you doing this morning? great how are you I'm I'm alive, dude. It's yeah. been a, it's been a weird week. Yeah, tough it has week. been a weird week in news, that's for sure. Not a lot of sun, as you said. Hopefully, we'll get some sun today. I, yeah, I things like will to... be improving. It looks yeah. like we're having a drying trend going on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, coffee this morning is Pete's Major Dixon because I'm out of our greatest coffee. We mother had. of all blends. Mother of all blends. Yes. So uh, by Monday, we're going to see a little bit more rain chances, forty uh, percent and. 30 and 20. So we got a little chance of rain every day, but hopefully we'll see more sunshine than we have. Yeah. So uh, speaking of coffee, Glenn, I'm drinking some fine One Nation coffee this morning. I'm, I'm drinking some of the uh, uh, JB's Buckshot Glenn, okay. blend, well, and Glenn this blend. Morning. And uh, good stuff. So we'll be giving away a little bit of One Nation coffee here on the program today. As you guys, we gave away some last week, gave away a couple of bags this week. By the way, I want to give a shout out to uh, some of our listeners, want to give a shout out. I had a chance to meet uh, Art Ruffalicious in oh, person. Yeah, yeah great week. guy. Great, great guy. guy. And had a chance to meet the Virginia gentleman in okay. person. Yeah. So had quite a few of you drop by the office this week just to say, hey, always love to meet you guys in person because, you know, it's funny. It's like I, I, I know these folks as, you know, Tim the car detail guy, right. Cadillac Gary, mm-hmm. and 
it's just a nickname. And then you meet folks in the flesh. You get to know them. Like I met Gary at his house one day, had a chance to look at his car collection. Yeah, I did too. Fascinating yeah. guy. Yeah, Fascinating very. guy. And he's got and, some great cars. Too. And he's got some great cars. And as by the way, I had a, by the way, I had a car problem this week. I had to call uh, Gary, get some advice. So hmm. we're trying to work through that. I'm, I'm now the proud owner of an antique car. So, you know, you, you open a hood uh, today and, or you, you open a hood from a car built in the eighties you realize cars have changed a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In the last 40 years. Yeah. And you don't just wheel into a garage and get a 1980 Jeep Renegade worked on. You know, some guys look at that stuff and they're like, carburation. Uh, that's what you got was an 80s Jeep Renegade. Yeah. Pretty nice. Yeah, I like it. It's uh, Speaking of rain, I'm hoping there won't be any rain for like the next yeah. 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> so can we have like a drought? So so what's the problem with the uh, Renegade? Uh, it just it needs, it needs a little bit of work. It's not perfect. It's getting there. It's got uh, some issues that I need to have attended to. But, uh, any t- you know, those it's the uh, straight six mm-hmm. in the Renegade. And those will last forever, but not literally forever they say they last forever but you're looking at an engine that's about 40 years old yeah. it needs a little needs a little work a little tightening here and there yeah. a little bit of you know to be honest with you i'm not exactly sure i just know that it needs a little work uh it might be some seals i'm not exactly sure but i want to get it looked at but uh, in any event you you open that thing up and you realize wow this is when you could actually work on it absolutely yes you, you could actually yeah. you could look at it and you could see what was what yeah. and you, you could kind of you know you you could figure it out. You could mm-hmm. you could you could tinker with it. Mm-hmm. You look at a car today and you get that it's that plexiglass sheet across the top that says, you know, Audi or Toyota or Ford or whatever it says. And they don't want you to, you know, they don't want you to remove that. Right. Now I had a I had a nineteen eighty six Subaru Brat. It was a mini pickup truck, had yeah. T tops on it. I bought it brand new off the showroom floor the last year they made the brat. And I had that thing for two. Was 20- that, that that was like a like a it was like Smallish. a mini El Camino. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. And, I can, I can and, remember those. And yeah. in 85 and before, I think 84 and before, you could get seats would come in the back. Yeah. Okay, with the, with the, uh, the seatbelts and all. But I had that thing for 22 years. That was like the rolling death trap one. The people I, that were rear facing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I changed three water pumps on that while I had it. I yeah. changed many a backfire. Yeah, you could actually valve. work on a car. I could. I could Back do in the day. everything on that car. And I mean, I remember changing a water pump in, in a... Uh, a parking lot you know so it was easy well and I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you glenn my first car and i've always i've been on the lookout and i've told a little bit of this story i've been on the lookout for a jeep for quite a few years mm-hmm. my first car was a jeep it was a, a jeep that my dad bought from somebody that had worked for him and i remember uh as a kid doing work on that car right. changing the oil yeah. changing the filters cha- you're r- changing the air filter yeah. i mean th- that was stuff you you didn't necessarily go to the shop no, when it needed it and, yeah. and, and you would take your oil and to the to the recycler whatever, yeah, take it to it the recycling center container yeah and then reuse the container to drain your oil yeah i did all that yeah, so. and then somewhere along the line we got away from that now it became a convenient thing for us to just pay somebody yeah. to change our oil much easier jiffy loop well and we probably have more five money minutes than in we five minutes to, out yeah you know? yeah so. But uh, yeah, you you uh, can't just roll into a car with a into a, a a garage today with a car built in the '80s or the '90s because right. particularly well, particularly the '80s and earlier. 
Um, I think the changes sort of started kicking in in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but uh, you'd roll into a car, you know, roll into the garage today with a, with a car, with a, you know, an old fashioned, uh, air intake on top and, yeah. you know, carburation and the guys look at it like, mm, I, I, I got somebody who can work on that. And I'm like, okay, when, when will he be available? Well, oh, September, October. Uh, you, know. you know, Carol just became a uh, proud owner of a 1962 Ford Mustang. Oh, wow. And, uh, it needed some work because the transmission was leaking it had been sitting for several years and it you know it took a long time in the shop to get those things tightened up but it's something still i wouldn't work on it's a 289 it sounds like a race car yeah when it starts but um yeah well, that's good stuff so yeah i'll bring the jeep one day when it's uh, all sun yeah. and we'll, uh, we'll we'll take a spin yeah. so there's a lot to talk about folks that you know it reminds me of a simpler time uh when uh I was driving my first car. Folks, you realize how far the world has come in the last few years, we'll call it. A lot to get to this week. It's been a crazy week. We'll talk more about that, but we've obviously got a lot to talk about with the FBI. We've got a lot to talk about with the uh, released redacted copy of the search warrant utilized by the FBI as a basis for the raid at the former President Trump's uh, home in Mar-a-Lago. We've got a lot to talk about with regard to other things going on at the FBI. Got some good guests today, too. Yeah, we've got some great guests coming up on the program. We're going to be joined later in the show by Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, going to be joining us to talk about all, basically all the craziness in the world, the crazy things that Democrats are doing, how they're destroying the world on a day-by-day basis. And also, we're going to be joined on the program by uh, 15th Circuit Solicitor Jimmy Richardson. Jimmy and I are going to be talking about the, uh, the frankly, the pandemic of uh, fentanyl and all of the problems that has caused and whatever else is on Jimmy's mind. So a lot to get to today. I hope you guys will stick with us here on the show. Send us uh, your favorite uh, car story, if you like, working on your own car. We'd love to hear from you. You're welcome to join the show at 843-903-2945 or text us on the PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line. That number is 843-798-8255. So stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Eight four three seven nine eight. Talk Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk ninety four point five. Hi everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you hear a lot in the news today about ESG. What exactly yes. is ESG, and why is it important for investors? Well, it stands for Environmental Social and governance. And you would think those were good things, but the way companies are using it today would probably stand against most of our clients and any moderate to conservative out there. Most companies seek to maximize value for shareholders, correct? Correct. And you need to make sure the companies you own do just that, because that is becoming a thing of the past. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services. If you'd like an x-ray of your portfolio, be in touch. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. I don't believe it. Don't touch me. Hey, Ray, 
Hey, sugar, tell them who we are. Well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers. And we're loved everywhere we go. That sounds like us. We sing about beauty and we sing about truth. At $10,000 a show. Right. We take all kind of pills to give us all kind of thrills. But the thrill we never know. It's a thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Wanna see my picture on the cover? Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 722 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. In addition to the call-in numbers that I gave gave away right before the break, I also wanted to remind you guys that you can also email your comments to the show, comments, questions, quite a few things piling up in the mailbag. Try to get to maybe something today, but uh, the email address for the show is SMC at gmail.com. You can also tweet your comments to the show. At Reese Boyd is the Twitter handle for the show. And you can also call me during the week, normal business hours. I mentioned a few of you uh, drop by the uh, office this week. Always glad to meet y'all. Office number at the office of Davis and Boyd. Offices of Davis and Boyd is 843-839-9800. 843-839-9800. Virginia gentlemen checking in on the PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line already. Letting me know thank you for the coffee and cruising around in his 1974 Triumph TR6. So uh, that's a good good thing, Virginia gentlemen. Enjoy your day. Have a great weekend and keep the faith, as you say. So thank you, sir. Andy Thompson also checking in. Cadillac Gary checking in. Tim the Car Detail Guy checking in. Andy's got a relatively uh, funny comment. ESG. Might get to some ESG news today. Extra beep government (laughs) (laughs) extra crappy government would be the rated uh, pg version on that so thank you all for checking in already this morning here on saturday morning coffee always good to hear from you glenn there is is so much happening in the world and it sometimes it feels a little overwhelming at times and i always say on the show or oftentimes have said on the show i don't want to be the guy that i don't want to be the generation strike that i don't want to be the generation where we lose the country on our watch right right? right. i don't want to be that generation i don't want to be remembered as those guys who blew it you know they were the ones who were asleep at the wheel they hit the iceberg because the night watchman had you know walked down down yeah walked down to the bar to yeah thanks dad walked down to the bar to chat chat it up with the ladies i didn't want to be that generation and i don't want to be that generation and that's why i get up every saturday morning and i come do this show and while we talk about politics and why i do the stuff that i do on the liz show and why i try to educate people wherever i am wherever i can go i was thinking about it uh this morning every conversation you have is a chance to educate people oh but some people just do not want educated my friend well you know there's an old saying uh glenn there's an old zen truism Life is the great teacher. Mm-hmm. And when the pupil is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. Um, you can't teach people who are not willing to be taught. I mean, I'm, any teacher in the audience well, will I tell mean, you that. You can't the- teach people who are flatly unwilling to be taught. But having said that, you would, one would hope, I mean, we are witnessing the slow undoing 
of this republic that was built over 200 and something years. We are watching, and in some ways it's not even slow, we are watching the prompt undoing of this republic in many ways. And in many ways we are, we are watching the surrender of the freedoms mm-hmm. to which many of us have clung dearly for our entire lifetimes and for which many people before us have clung dearly during their entire lifetimes and for whom many have paid the ultimate price. Right. Those guys who climbed the, 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 the cliffs at, at uh, Point o on, on D-Day while they were being shot at right. by German machine guns. They didn't do that for nothing, folks. Right. They did that because there is something here that we have that is special. Mm-hmm. There is something here, in fact, that is so special that it's worth dying for. Mm-hmm. We all know today uh, that if Germany had won, if Hitler had been calling the shots, those things that we hold dear, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, would be gone. Right. And so... We, we have something special here, and I'm afraid, I'm concerned, that we're going to be the generation that blows it. Generation, what are we, Generation X? I, keep, I, get, I'm, I always get my letters crossed yeah, up. I think we're too. Generation X. I think so, too. But the baby boom gets a, gets a pass. The baby boom gets out, you know, with just a little bit of pass, of a pass, just under the wire. The baby boomers manage to slip out the door before the, before the, uh, the card, the house comes crumbling down but it'll be blamed on generation x i don't want that to happen dude and so you know i keep thinking to myself long term but this week in particular glenn i've been thinking to myself maybe maybe we are in fact the generation that will be the ones who lose freedom for everyone and that's a that's a heavy thing to say but you know i was listening to glenn beck this week and glenn beck said a couple of things that were troubling he said that he was concerned that if we don't uh, grab the yoke and pull back, to borrow an aviation analogy, I don't think he said that. That's my analogy. But he basically said if we don't fix the problem, that the upcoming midterms may be the last midterm elections. Yeah. And that if we don't fix the situation, that the 2024 presidential election uh, might be the last presidential election that this country ever has. Yeah. That's an incredibly... now. Glenn Beck sometimes sometimes uh, says things for dramatic purpose. I get okay. that. Yeah. But to have a nationally syndicated, prominent radio personality say something like that makes you pause, makes you wonder. And and then I was having lunch with a, f- a friend of mine this this week, a, a gentleman older, more seasoned than me, somebody whose wisdom I appreciate, somebody who's been around the block quite a few times. Right. He's got a quite a bit more life experience to reflect on than most of us. And he said, uh, he indicated to me, he said, Reese, I'm not even sure we're going to make it to the midterms, like the elections coming up in November. In November. Yeah. And I thought to myself, now, this gentleman is no crackpot. He's a friend of mine. I've known him literally for decades. And I'm thinking to myself, what? how do you get to a point in life where there are friends and neighbors walking around, seasoned people, not, not folk that are wacko nut jobs, but people that you know, that you've known for years, that are so concerned about where the country is that they think we could lose the country at any time, that we might not even make it to November of the current year. Glenn, that's, and I said, well, so, well you know, that, that's saying a lot. What, what does that mean to you? I mean, because when I hear you say that, that to me means war or martial law or 
some kind of Armageddon. You know, yeah. what, what, what's going to happen? And he's like, I don't know, but I feel, like, I feel like our government has been, I'm paraphrasing a long conversation, government's been so dishonest with oh, us. Oh, yeah. And there is such a shadow of, you know, what we see versus what's real, the power of the deep state, the power of, you know, there's so many forces at work within this huge federal behemoth. Uh, and to a, a, a certain extent, other governments that we that we don't even understand, that we don't know, that we can't you can't control. I mean, you know, look at President Trump. Well, he, the FBI being weaponized. I mean, yeah. aren't they aren't they the they like the front leaders in making sure that our elections are protected and in, and we have integrity in our elections? Yet they told Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Hey, don't report that on yeah. Hunter Biden's laptop. Easy, ease off on the Hunter Biden laptop yeah. story. And that and that affected an election. It had to affect the election. It sure. was what two weeks before the election, and it was suppressed. And you know, pump out as much bad as you can about Donald Trump, but suppress the information about the Biden family. Yeah. And that to me is interference in our elections by. See? the fbi you're you're absolutely and right. of course they didn't put anything in writing remember mark went on with joe rogan oh yeah he, he we've got i've that, got i've got that clip yeah he said that, that you know the fbi came to us and then i believe tucker asked for hey do you have any documents and zuckerberg did respond to him which kudos to mark zuckerberg for stepping up and actually communicating with somebody like tucker yeah no, you know, I, I agree. Or Joe I, Rogan, even. There's there's two possibilities in my mind when you look at the particularly the Zuckerberg interview with Rogan. Mm -hmm. Zuckerberg is either a pathological liar and he can lie with ease, mm -hmm. or he doesn't have complete control over the company that he runs. Mm -hmm. That's two takeaways I took away from the interview, and. I'm sure that he's sitting here trying to say, okay, I don't really want to get in the middle of something that's going to be the end of Facebook or the mm -hmm. end of the end, you know, the end of my influence, the end of, because I'm sure he's more concerned about his personal fortune sure. and his, his, his financial interests probably than anything. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, kudos to him for fessing up and, and we sort of, I mean, we all knew that. We oh, knew that Facebook. Yeah, but you didn't been, have you didn't have anybody coming out and saying, especially the owner of Facebook. Oh yeah. You know, so and, and so I, yeah, I think there are two there are two things that are just bombshells uh, this week, uh, Glenn. One is the the clear indication, and and this is not new, but fi it's finally as you said, it's different. We've all we've all known these things, but it's different when the CEO of a company admits, yeah, we throttle that back at the request of the FBI. Thing yes, and that is unfair. That is unfair. So this week, I think we have a, two things that are just sh shock and awe, right? That you, you really struggle if you believe in life, liberty, in the pursuit of, and, and, and the pursuit of happiness and your right to do those things in a constitutional republic where government is actually limited in a manner somewhat reminiscent of what the founding fathers intended. If you aspire to that, then there are two things that have happened this week and we've known about them already. We knew social media, Facebook, Twitter in particular. Twitter's the worst. Right. But we knew that, that social media and tech giants were manipulating public opinion, public information, and thereby influencing the outcome of elections, including the 2020 election. You've got that. We can't, we can't continue to allow that to happen. We've got to figure out a way to fix that problem. If it means breaking up Facebook, breaking up Twitter, 
I don't know what the answer is right now, but you can't allow them to continue to manipulate electoral politics in that manner, particularly when they're acting in collusion with the FBI, which brings me to my second point. We've we've learned that the FBI is not apparently that much different at certain levels from any other political police force of an for example, an Eastern European country like the East German Stasi or any other law enforcement quote unquote organization that would lend itself to the political agenda of its political henchmen. And apparently that's what they've been doing for quite some time, going back to at least 2016. And they're they're supposed to investigate, you know, things like Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, I know there's people that say, who gives a rat's butt about Hunter Biden's laptop? Unfortunately, that laptop now, but there's people that are on the left that are thinking, who cares? It doesn't matter. The big guy getting 10% is a problem. Yes, think about it. That's a real problem. It's not the laptop. It's the information that is contained on the laptop. And what's his name? Bobolinsky? Bobolinsky? Yeah. Bobolinsky? Yeah, he was all over that laptop, yet the FBI has never questioned him about the stuff on the laptop. He had meetings with Joe Biden. What what about the FBI raiding Rudy Giuliani's apartment? And they ask, in regard to the hard drive sitting there on the counter, what is that? Oh, that's just Hunter Biden's laptop. Well, we clearly don't want to see that. Let's right. move along. Nothing it, to see here. It 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 has it has gone so far left. The FBI and um, it, it's it's disturbing because our country is not protected the way it should be. Our elections are not protected the way they should be. The integrity has been lost. No. What's you, going to happen in the next month or two that's going to change the way we vote in November? This is like not much, i.e., nothing. Uh, meaningful in terms of moving the needle in in a positive direction. The, the uh, you're absolutely right, Glenn. And it's like you wake up one day, and this is forcing people to wake up and smell the coffee. Wake up, folks, and smell the coffee. You thought you lived in a free country. You may think you live in a free country, but you live in a country where mechanisms of law enforcement and the Department of Justice have been weaponized for political purposes. Yeah. And they're changing the outcome of the political landscape. And we can't allow that to continue. Can you imagine if that was Eric Trump's laptop? Oh, we, we would never have had these discussions. You think the you think the FBI would have sat on Eric Trump's laptop for no. what, three and, years and, now? And I'm sure there's prob- there's nothing illegal there, but I'm just saying put the put the shoe on the other foot. The fact that the president of the United States is involved in these things, these business dealings yeah. with Ukraine, with uh, China, peddling his political influence yes. through his family members yes. to China, to Ukraine, to enrich his family members. The third thing, Glenn, that we can't have in this country is we can't have a president who dispenses with trillions of dollars in debt at the stroke of a pen. Yeah, he doesn't have that authority. You went to college. You had student loan yeah. debt. Yeah, and you worked hard to pay it off. Is it fair for you to pay for other people's college education that they signed up for? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Student loan? I mean, is it fair? I paid off my debt, but if I had that debt, would it be fair for somebody who didn't even have the opportunity to go to college to be taxed to pay that debt off? On what planet is that fair? The irony here, Glenn, is that once upon a time we had Democrats who stood up for the little guy and who 
paid attention to what impact uh, their their policies, government policies, were having on people at the lower end of the economic spectrum. Right. And you had Republicans who. Uh, at least allegedly, were associated with business fat cats and, and you know, K Street lobbyists and that sort of thing. Now, the, the tables are almost completely turned. You've got the Democrats who are in allegiance with corporate media pursuing this woke agenda that, that benefits the, the, the elites in society at the, at the cost, at the, at the great cost, to everyone else. Right. And you've got Republicans trying, maybe some of them, hopefully all of them, to stand up for the little guy. I mean, it's 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 crazy. And it's, to say that it's not going to affect the economy. Oh, it's nuts. <laughs> it's absolute nuts. Don't so, worry. Inflation won't go up because we just unleashed three hundred billion dollars. Yeah, we're going to. Pre- and and by the way, you notice when they ask yeah. uh, the press secretary, how much is this going to cost? And she's like, uh, uh, we uh, don't know. I don't have a number for right. you. Some people won't take advantage of it, so it might not cost. But we don't have those figures. We don't really know. And initially, yeah, and who's not going to take advantage mm-hmm. of a freebie? Yeah. I mean, initially the number was projected somewhere around $3 billion. Now they're saying it's tr- a trillion. A trillion, yeah. I mean, who believes it's going to be limited to a trillion? I don't, Glenn. So the most ridiculous thing. And in the middle of a recession, or at the beginning of a recession, you know, Way to go, Joe. You did it in less than two years. We knew you'd do it, but run you did away, it in less than two years. Runaway inflation, and by debt cancellation, he wants to create a trillion dollars at the stroke of a pen. Yep. It is categorically insane, folks. Yep. Lot to talk about, therefore, on Saturday Morning Coffee. All that more, folks. Y'all stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. With more Saturday Morning Coffee, I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, and more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Liz Calloway here for Conway Ford, your hometown dealership and winner of the 2021 Ford President's Award. To earn the President's Award, dealerships must exceed customer expectations in every department. And that's exactly what we do at Conway Ford. Whether you're buying a vehicle, getting one serviced, or just doing some window shopping, we want your experience to be a memorable one. Our buying experience is better than our competitors. We guarantee it. For the best buying experience, take the short drive to Conway Ford and let us exceed your expectations. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've seen a lot of volatility in the market over the last few months, a lot of shareholders value seems to have evaporated. How are you counseling your clients to deal with tough times in a very volatile market? As long as we continue to keep our process and our planning in place, that we know where we're going and we have shifted to a get paid while you wait scenario. We've increased the dividends and the interest to get paid while you wait, but be careful of order takers and advisors or so-called salesmen with licenses out there. Have a true advisor. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services. To get real advice from a real advisor, contact them online at pylefinancialservices.com or reach them anytime at 843-945-4480. Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA Civic. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Respoid Radio Hour, 743 on your Saturday morning. Great day to be with y'all. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. A lot coming up on the program, a lot to talk about, a lot to cover this morning. We've touched on quite a few things already. Wanted to follow up on the, of course, the long-awaited release of uh, the heavily redacted search warrant happened uh, this week. Not much uh, newsworthy to say, in my opinion, except uh, that the controversy, if that's what you want to call it, uh, Glenn appears to be focused on essentially the retention of presidential records and supposedly the, uh, you know, the presence within those records of classified information. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed, of course, the, the vast, I think it's like 24 of the 28 pages of the released affidavit in support of the subpoena is uh, heavily redacted. So it's it's really hard to say exactly what else may be in there. I'm hoping that we will see a, you know, another uh, another version of that document at some point. But one of the things that I've noticed is that it appears to be I think what might be driving the bus on this, Glenn, is there's some sort of effort, in my opinion, to squash what Trump knew within his what what his office had had learned about the 2016 the the, the Russia collusion investigation, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's something there that they just don't want to get out. Right, and and but here's the thing. I think that's what's really driving the bus here from the DOJ perspective. But here's the thing, Glenn, the president continues to maintain that he met with them in um, June June, yeah, and that his legal team and that the president was actually there, but his legal team handled the meeting, obviously. And he told them, uh, folks, you're welcome to take whatever you want to take. So there's a huge, there's still, as we have commented on this show before, and many, many other people have commented, there's a huge disconnect between what one side is saying and what the other side is saying. And I just hope that we get enough information out there to be able to assess whether the president, you know, is being truthful or not, whether the FBI is being truthful or not, because somebody's not being truthful. Well, and the track record right now for the FBI is not looking great, but the 20 of the 38 pages of that document were... Significantly or fully redacted. Yeah, I said twenty-four. I'm I'm, and and the fact that the president has this is what I I have heard. I'm not sure it's twelve years, but have you heard? And I want to ask you this because you're the attorney here. um, Does the president have twelve years to review documents from his term in office? Um, I think he. I think from the archives. Yeah, I think there are there are there's a whole uh, litany of provisions that govern the transfer of documents, because some of the documents that a president has will wind up in, I mean, you can go to Simi Valley, California, go to the Reagan library. Right. There's somewhere there's a Clinton library. Yeah. Got no interest in Arkansas. going. <laughs> Arkansas, but you know, uh, there's a Reagan library, a Clinton library. There, I would imagine at some point there will be a Trump presidential yeah. library yeah. where you can go and ins- inspect the papers of the Trump administration. Some of those papers go to national archives. Some of the, I, I'm not uh, familiar with or expert on by any means, the rules that distinguish uh, what goes to what side of the table? Mm-hmm. 
uh, and how the president can make that distinction. But yeah, there's a process, and clearly it doesn't happen immediately. It takes a while to sort those materials, sure. go through them. Can you imagine how much paperwork is generated oh, yeah. in the course of a, a presidential administration? Look for, how much paperwork's here, generated here in a radio station oh, yeah. on a daily basis, Liz. Uh, Liz, you know, and Nick, they, they have a lot of material to cover. Yeah. Um, 20 hours worth of show every every week. Um, the... Uh, there were, but yeah, so there's a process there. But the other thing that, that is interesting, Glenn, if the, if the argument, which it appears to be that these materials contain classified information, Trump, has, again, has indicated that he declassified whatever information were in those records that were transported to Mar-a-Lago. And uh, the other thing, uh, Fox notes the this uh, five things to note from the released documents. This is on Fox News notes that the affidavit also cites other documents Trump possessed with classified markings. The affidavit refers to nearly 200 documents with classified markings that Trump had previously handed over. It said that the FBI in May inspected 15 boxes of documents that Trump gave to the National Archives and Records Administration earlier this year, which contained a trove of documents marked classified. A preliminary triage of the documents with classification markets revealed that there were 184 unique documents bearing classification markings, including 67 marked confidential, 92 marked as secret, and 25 marked as top secret. Well, it... It just doesn't make sense that the president, if he's said, I declassified those materials and he has the unilateral authority to declassify those materials, which I understand that he does, then why does any of that matter? Well, president Biden mocked him yesterday and said, oh, yeah, I just wave my hand, declassify everything. Come on, man. You, I, I guess you didn't see that. No, I did. OK, yeah. No, I saw it. And, and, and mocking. What's going on in this country from the president of the United States? There, but there is a there is a Supreme Court opinion that the, the Supreme Court has has ruled on this issue and said without question that the president of the United States is the final arbiter of classification. Right. He is. He gets to say he's the man. He's the man yep. or she gets to determine what's classified and what's not. And and so I don't know what Biden is talking about, but I don't know what Biden is talking about. Ninety percent yeah. of the time. It's so it's uh, it's it's really cuckoo, folks. But it does call into question again. Uh, we've got to get to the bottom of this. Um, the the other point uh, or another point made by Fox News. And again, I'm trying to let's give the DOJ a little bit of benef- a benefit of the doubt. I'd like to think, uh, Glenn, that the FBI is something other than the Stasi. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd like to think that. I don't believe they're all No, bad. no. I believe that no. there's some really good people that work for the FD, FBI and protect us on a daily basis. Oh, but absolutely. I also think there are, is, what do you call it, a, a back door to the FBI maybe that yeah. is not, is somewhat corrupt, possibly? But, well, I think what we have is you've got a lot of rank-and-file FBI officers across the fruited plain who are doing the Lord's work, who are doing patriotic work, who are doing absolutely needed and necessary law enforcement work to keep us safe and to keep the bad guys at bay or under control, whatever the case may be. Um, But I also think that, I mean, going back to at least 2016 and the Robert, uh, the beginning of the Robert Mueller era, and it goes back well beyond, this is not the first time, obviously, let's think about this for a second. Go all the way back to J. Edgar Hoover. 
you had under J. Edgar Hoover an FBI that was a highly politicized organization and basically was utilized by presidents, including Richard Nixon, uh, to uh, challenge, attack, undermine his political enemies. Yeah. That much is historical fact. So it's it's been abused in the past. But uh, I think we had gotten away from that. You know, you had the 70s. You had the, what was it, Frank Church, the senator. You had the church uh, committee investigated the FBI and other, the CIA and other security agencies of the United States government that had been engaged in uh, intelligence operations against U.S. citizens, and they and they they really clamped down on a lot of that. So, you know, you kind of, the pendulum swung way back in the other direction. Right. But I think o- over time, what's happened is the pendulum in certain areas has slowly crept back in in the wrong direction. And it's not everybody in the FBI. No, absolutely not. But it's it's the people in Washington, the Washington field office, the top ten percent, or how many ever people are. It's like. You've heard said on this show before, the, the people on the seventh floor at the J. Edgar Hoover building or whatever the top floor is. I think it's the seventh floor uh, who are acting more like politicians right. than law enforcement yep. officers, which is no the FBI is not supposed to have any influence in politics. So it's a, a grave matter, folks, and it requires attention and it requires a fix or we don't live in a constitutional republic. I'm Reese Boyd, folks. That's Glenn Dye. Stick with us. We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Saturday Morning Coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning coffee but for all of your personal and business legal needs i hope that you will give us a call at davis and boyd to discuss how we can assist you from business litigation business consulting estate planning personal injury including motor vehicle collisions probate litigation trust disputes whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at davis and boyd can assist you with those needs call me reese boyd at 843-839-9 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Strand. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaker. Chains. He's a chain breaker.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 756 on your Saturday morning. Just got a couple of minutes here before the hard break. Want to get to a couple of text messages that you guys have sent in this morning. Where are those? This is coming in from somebody who has not yet identified themselves as a deplorable, but uh, he asked, oh, shoot, I just refreshed. I hate it when that happens. Where are the deplorable? Where are the deplorables? Where are those good FBI agents? They swore an oath to uphold the Constitution. Instead, they are subverting the Constitution. We are living in a police state, and the rot extends way beyond the seventh floor. I can't disagree with that, Glenn. We don't know how far the rot extends, but I will say this: I do think there are rank and I know there are rank and file officers out in the heartland who are deeply frustrated. There are officers in Florida who are deeply frustrated with what happened at Mar-a-Lago because I've talked to them. Hasn't there been 14 whistleblowers from the FBI? Yeah, I, and I'm frustrated with that. Uh, for the last two weeks, uh, Jim Jordan and others have been talking about the whistleblowers coming to Chuck uh, Grassley's office and, 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 and Jim's office in Congress. And I want to know, why is it just uh, 14? And why does that number not changing? Because there's a lot more FBI agents than that. And if all this stuff is going on, there should be a lot more whistleblowers. So those guys are going to have to step up to the plate. Those guys and gals are going to have to step up to the plate. Here's another one uh, from another one, uh, another listener not identified on our deplorable list. Government is too big. Get rid of the FBI. Get rid of the Department of Education. Get rid of everything that's not enumerated in the Constitution. Uh, We are seeing the results of a big, bloated, insane, powerful centralized federal government can't really argue with that so it's a there's a lot uh to unpack and all that folks and yes it is time for the fbi agents who are the good agents uh to step forward and blow the whistle a lot more to talk about here on the show we'll try to get to a lot more in the second hour folks i'm reese boyd that's glenn die stick with us uh pam evett going to be joining us so stick with us on saturday morning coffee we'll be right back Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're talking today with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team. Greg, there's a question that's on a lot of people's minds these days, and that is the question of a bubble or a crash. Is there a real estate bubble, and are you concerned about a possible crash in the market future? Boy, Reese, great question. And, you know, obviously we don't have a crystal ball, but people are thinking about the crash because they remember 08, 09. There's two big differences in 2022. Number one, People have a lot of equity in their homes across this country with appreciation we've seen. Number two, all those bad loans, anybody that didn't have a job or income got a loan in 2005, six, seven, those loans have not existed for 10, 12 years. So I think the answer is no, but call me to talk about your situation. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. My baby's gone away. I hope that's not true. She's home when I get home. She'll uh, be there, man. She'll be there. 8.07 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the second bonus cup, bonus second cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. Lot to get to in the second hour. I hope we'll get there. We've covered a lot, but we hadn't covered nearly enough. So much to talk about. But right now, we're joined here in the studio by a special guest. Want to get to her momentarily. But first, Glenn, I want to wish a happy birthday, birthday. to yeah. your dad. Yeah. You want to you give us the details? Fred, Fred died 90, 90 years of age today. 90 years of age. Yeah, got a big celebration today. Uh, yeah. Happy yeah. birthday, Fred. Yeah. That's incredible. So that's a big That's a big milestone. And fortunate to yeah. still have my dad. And you my, are. Yeah. You are very. You are very fortunate indeed, my friend. I have, uh, I have lost my dad, and uh, my mother is not doing well at all, and so it's been a tough few weeks with her. So yeah, you are blessed, my friend. Very blessed. blessed. And yep. so, happy birthday, uh, Mr. Die. We wish you well, sir. Here on Saturday morning coffee. Speaking of birthdays, there's another birthday girl in the studio. I hear. Ah. Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett might be having a birthday soon. Is that a... Is that yeah, a? tomorrow. My husband ratted me out. He's going to be in big trouble. Oh, he's oh, in trouble. Happy birthday. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. You know, they, they say my mom, you know, Glenn, you are blessed. My mom will be 94 in October. Just love her to death. I've lost my dad a long time ago. Um, but so congratulations, Fred. Freddie, yeah. I hope you have a great day. But it is, you know, it's... It's amazing when you get to keep your parents for so long, and it, it definitely is a gift. Yeah, in 1932, the life expectancy was only 63 and a half years old. Yeah, and and wow. I understand New York just lowered their yeah. life expectancy by two years. Yeah. Well, so. mortality well, tables are actually going down. Yeah. Well, let, yeah. Let, let's add in blue states. In blue in states, blue states yeah. where yeah. they Thank don't you. value law Ding. enforcement. Yeah. That's right. Uh, life expectancy is going down. I mean, you know, I, I gotta say, yeah, I was listening to you guys all the way over here, so I'm just gonna jump right in. Jump right, right in. Can we just jump right in with the? By rain? the way, and you are Lieutenant Governor Pamela. You're you're often on the show. You're almost becoming like a regular. You're like. I like that. Yeah, I like. I love. You know, I love. This is like a regular segment. I love conservative talk radio. Oh, it's. it's I love it. You know, I do Liz and Nick on Thursdays. Every single Thursday, I've been doing it for four years. Can you believe it's going to go on four years? Yeah. You know, I do Joey Hudson uh, up in Greenville, and I get on Ann Eller and Greenwood, and I jump on Charlie James sometimes, and I I love it. I love hearing what people have to say, and I think this yeah. is the best way to get. I actually well, see a talk show in your future. Do you? Sure. I like you're, that. You're young, and when you finish, wrap up your career, and you have more time, I could see you doing a regular daily show. I th- You've oh, got a good voice. I would like yeah. that. Oh, You've got a great voice. It, yeah. Oh, no, is that bad? You have, you have a voice made for radio. <laughs> no, is that what they say? You yeah. have a face, face made for radio. Yeah. There yeah, you go. That's a different story. <laughs> that's a different story. I did not say that. I said you've got a great voice. <laughs> well, that's great. Okay, I'm gonna t- I, had to, I had to push you a little yeah, bit this morning. Push back make a little sure bit. You, make sure you're awake. I'm awake over here. So, yeah, it's it's funny because it encourages me, and this is I mean, this is nothing new. This has been going on for years. And thank goodness for people like Rush Limbaugh who pave the way for folks to realize, hey, this is something that needs to be talked about. Because, you know, one of the things Glenn and I were talking about earlier this morning is never waste an opportunity to educate somebody. Absolutely. And I'm always encouraged. It's like over the last couple of years since I've been subscribing to the Epoch Times, I generally will carry whatever the latest copy is around with me. Sometimes I'm at a meeting at another lawyer's office or somewhere, any kind of meeting. I might leave it or pass it off to somebody. Hey, just read a great article, read that article. You wouldn't believe how many people, like Reese, what is this newspaper? 
people, no, plenty of people out there never even heard of the Epoch Times. Some people say Epoch. I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly or not. I say Epoch. But it's like you have to have resources. You have to have information. Yeah. You have to, you, you, you just can't, because if, if you're left to your own devices and the corporate media, you'll be lost. Oh, you're right. You know, I, we, I talk about this with my kids all the time. When, when I was watching news way back when I was young, mm-hmm. you did not know where our news broadcasters, where they sat on the political lines. They kind of gave facts, they threw it out there, and they let people make their own decisions about how you they weighed in on them or what they thought about them. Same thing with teachers, mm-hmm. right? I mean, to all the teachers out there, thank you for what you do. I could not do what you do. No way. Um, but and COVID just, in, you know, it just validated that for me. But I'm telling you, don't give kids facts and teach them how to think. Teach them how to take what is presented before them with every other data that was presented before them up to that point in their life and teach them how to think and stop teaching them what to think. Yeah. You know, because teachers... Give you a ding for that yeah, one. Teachers yeah. never did. Like you, like when I was in college, if you took, if you look, took political science, you never knew if your professor was conservative, if, if they were liberal, if they were Democrats, Republicans. It didn't you, matter. It, it wasn't a forefront of our education system (laughs) but that made you a good teacher is that you could teach a subject with nobody knowing your personal feelings that's what made you good that that is what will make you good today right i mean stop that's the part of education with our kids that i see is kids want you to spoon feed them well people in general want you to spoon feed them their thoughts instead of us teaching them that these are facts take all the other things in your life and tell us what you make of those facts instead of telling you what to think about those facts. I mean, we have got to get back to that because if not, we're going to have an entire culture of people who can't critically think. Well, we do. I mean, people yeah. they are only paying attention to one news source instead of gathering it from different sources and making up your own mind. And I see that problem on a daily basis. I, I think I think there's a problem. One thing I wanted to say, I think there's a problem that we have in this country because We've been funding uh, a higher education system mm-hmm. and, and too many kids that have been going to college because they felt like they had to go to college are being, the government, you know, is paying for the bulk of those expenses. Mm-hmm. 40% of those expenses are paid for by the, by the government. And so we're churning out kids by and large who are indoctrinated to become progressive, you know, foot soldiers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like you said, if you, if you, if you don't know, it's like, if you don't know how you've been taught, you, you, you come out with a warped view of the world. And, and it's yeah. like, it, they need to be teaching kids how to think, not what to think. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take it back. Cause I, you know me, I, I try to be super fair and give my opinion. Yeah. My grandparents were immigrants, right? Yeah. So when they came to this country, kind of the, the test of their success and you know good decisions mm-hmm. is that they were coming and they could do and be whatever they wanted to, but that their, their kids would have an easier life than them. And that meant college because that wasn't available to the yeah. farmer, the mm-hmm. farmer's children in Europe and things yeah. like that. So that got to be the culture. So I don't want it to... 
you know, sometimes people get so deep in the conspiracy theory that it's like, oh, this has been planned since the 1900s. You yeah. know, like, no, yeah. that that is, you know, that was what people wanted for their children. So we pushed for that. And then we grew into a culture that tried to make that more accessible, which grew into government funding it, which it got away from itself. Yeah. I think we're blessed in South Carolina, the best technical colleges in the country. And I, the governor and I have used our platform to talk about that, right? We, we need to change the narrative because what people think, if you ask people about college, and, and the more I've said this, people have said, you know, I was in a room and somebody said exactly what you said. It got sold to parents as an experience. Mm-hmm. Your children need this experience. Yeah. Okay, going to Europe is an experience and a whole heck of a lot cheaper, right? Yeah. Um, but college needs to be what you need to create the life you want for yourself. And and we need to change the narrative. I think we are. I think COVID probably helped us a little bit with that. Is that you can get those same outcomes from our world-class technical schools yeah. with, no, with no debt. Mm-hmm. And, and that's I, what we're talking about today, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, that's a perfect segue into a question I wanted to ask you because it's very interesting. We were... You know, we, we saw this week, there's three or four things that are huge in the news right now that I, that I, Glenn and I were talking about, I don't know if you heard, we were talking about in the first hour, that just can't coexist with a constitutional democratic republic. You can't have a president who, at the stroke of a pen, can eliminate trillions of dollars of student debt, mm. and, and, and that be okay. That's just not, that's a dictatorship. That's not a democracy. If, if, if we're going to do that, we should vote on it, and there should be a reason. And the thing that I was thinking about, uh, the thing that I, that I keep coming back to, and, and, and you said this, the governor issued a press release this week. He said, Governor Henry McMaster today released the following statement, thread by thread, President Biden and the liberal Democrats are destroying the fabric of this great nation, a fabric that has had... Uh, held this great nation together for almost 250 years the american dream of prosperity and happiness achieved through hard work self-reliance playing by the rules is being threatened by the liberal left's something for nothing entitlement culture of handouts bailouts and cop-outs ding yes you can't say it much better than that yeah the governor was right and you're and you retweeted it i actually got it off of your twitter twitter feed and or facebook i believe and we're talking about a class of people who are privileged i mean the people who are most able to enjoy the benefits of our society are the people who are privileged to have a college degree and it's like you said i think you can easily make the case that not everybody needs that today but nonetheless that's the there are privileges certainly that attach to having that piece of paper to hang on your wallet we're talking about taking their debt and 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 making it subject to be paid by everybody including people who weren't privileged absolutely to have that experience you know what i i I compare that to a friend of mine we're laughing we were talking about this this week it's like the french during the you know the the aristocratic times where they went to the king and they said you know the the peasants have no bread and he said feed them cake let them eat cake. let them eat cake and, and that's what they're saying now right like oh you can't afford gas let me give you high Just expensive electric, car. electric cars. You know, not the cheap ones, mind you. I mean, yeah, they yeah. want the expensive ones. And so it, it's the same. I mean, we have, this is what happens when you don't teach, teach history, right, guys? Yeah. I mean, you, you end up repeating it. And that's what they, I don't know why we're not making those comparisons more. And you're right. You know, we, the Democrats, are a group of no responsibility. Like, we can talk about it on 
any level. Oh, you got a student loan you can't pay back? We'll take care yeah. of that. Don't be responsible for that. Oh, you didn't decide to use birth control? Right? Oh, we'll, 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 take just, care of we'll just murder that baby. That's yeah. not a problem. Oh, and after you buy your electric cars, oh, the grid won't handle everybody charging their cars in yeah. Texas and California. Yeah. And do they think that, that uh, charging your car is not going to soon have a price? I, okay, this is going to date me a little bit, but I remember my dad, smartest guy ever, and we went to the bank, and the bank started giving out ATM cards when I got my first... Yep. Like working bank account. Oh, right? yeah. Like, Big deal. I got 14 could... years old way back in the day. And my dad said, and I said, wow, dad, you don't even have to come when they're open. And he said, oh, honey, that's not going to be free forever. As soon as they get everybody hooked on it, oh, it's going to have It'll a price. Yeah. And doesn't it? it like does. if you if you don't go to your, it used if you to you don't be, go to your bank. That's right. Yeah. right. And, you know, that's uh, another great point. I think we probably got to take a break. Yeah, we do. Glenn, but that's a, a, a great point because one of the things that you see happening in this world and it's been happening, but it's really, it's it's achieving almost critical mass, is government wants to be your sugar daddy. Yep. And they want to build those blocks of voters that are beholden to them. And, and that's what the founding fathers said. If we ever get to the point where groups of people can vote themselves largesse, monies, mm-hmm. embezzlement from the public treasury, taking money away from other people... The, the republic is done. Yeah. And I, that's what we see happening. If it happens, that's what Biden's trying to do right today. Oh, man. And he doesn't even know it. That's the sad part, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it started with the Wall Street bailouts, and it's been you know downhill from there. But you can't just do that to folks and have a constitutional republic. You, yeah. Something, they're not compatible. Oh, I, yeah. And they don't want the Constitution, Reese. Don't you know that? They, it, they don't think it's right. Let's rip it up. Let's start over. That's what they think. It's that, horrible. I think that's where we're headed. I think that's where they want to go. That's where they want to go. We got to fight it. Yeah. Folks, we're talking to Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come to expect on Saturday Morning Coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis and Boyd to discuss how we can assist you. From business litigation, business consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Strand. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome back to the bright side of the road. Hadn't been too bright this morning, a little pessimistic about where we are as a nation. <laughs> but, you know, I tell folks, I, we started the show with uh, some very pessimistic, you know, uh, Glenn Beck has said he's not sure we're going to make it to the midterms of 2026. Not sure that 2024 won't be the last uh, presidential election. I had dinner with a friend of mine this week who said he's not even sure we're going to make it to November, which I think is a little drastic. But I tell people, I think long term, I'm bullish on the country. We've been through deep water before. Yes. I think we're going to get through this. But I think in the short to medium term, I think we got I think we got some some deep water in front of us. Yes. And and I think there's a few things we've talked about. And you've heard you said you were listening. You've heard some of these things we've been talking about today. We appear to have an FBI and law enforcement, particularly at the federal level, that seems to have become, and the DOJ, that seems to have become weaponized, particularly in the last five to six years for political purposes. We've got a tech sector, social media, that is manipulating public opinion and the outcome of elections. Well, Zuckerberg told us that for sure. Yeah, yeah. he's admitted it. The CEO, yeah. as we talked about this morning, the CEO is admitting it. We all knew it. Yeah. And and you've got, you've got a government that is simply growing beyond the sphere that a, that a constitutionally limited government can have. Yeah. You can't, I mean, we can't have federal funded education for everybody and, hey, let's just wipe all this debt away and, and the, the government's going to take care of you from cradle to grave and, and, and B, you can't live in freedom. As you hear many people say freedom is a zero-sum game. Exactly. And, and every time the government gets bigger, your freedoms by definition diminish. Oh, yeah. And but it seems like Republicans aren't doing a real good job of making that case. You're you're you hear stories about how the the aggregate, you know, uh, Republican, Democrat, just, you know, across the board matchups are tightening. And I think the corporate media wants us to believe that. I'm not sure it's true. But what how do you feel about a the big picture? And, and are we are are we is it a messaging problem? What what's your thoughts going into midterms in November? So I think I think we're going to see Republicans do very well in midterms because I think the majority of people are not happy with what's happening. They, We don't have a long memory, which is very sad. Um, you know what they say, if you can survive a news cycle, you know, you're, you're, you're golden. But yes, look at Marion Barry. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I think if you I think it's still close enough to a prosperous time that people are remembering. Right. And I think I think our younger generation needs to they're getting an eye. They've never had a rough patch. These kids in college just got out of college. It's been utopia, let's face it. Yeah. You know, on the backs of our grandparents, it's been utopia for them. They've never seen high gas prices like they're about to see. They've never seen high inflation like they're about to see. They've never seen a time when they couldn't just walk out and get a job somewhere if they really wanted one. And it's changing. And so I think... Uh, you know, tough times shows true character. That's what I've always been raised to think. I think we do have to do a better job of telling our story. I, you know, I, I've said this before, and somebody very smart said to me, you know, um, you know, as Republicans, we want to educate. It's like you said. Mm -hmm. So the, the Democrats come out and say, uh, do this or people die. This is my example. I always do this or people die. Yeah. Wow, what an easy message. I got to do this or people are going to die. 
So when they throw out that message, we as Republicans doing what we do best, right, wanting to educate people, wanting to let them learn how to think for themselves, we come out with a stack of papers and a whiteboard, and we, yeah. you know, we have we have all kinds of things to show them, and everybody checks out, like, oh, that's a complicated message. Like, we just have to learn that maybe what we need to do in the short term is just come up with a really simple message, right? And and then work backwards. You know, we're we're still yep. fighting. We're fighting the right way. We're fighting the noble way. And I I think we we have to change our tactic a little bit. I think we also got to get out and vote. I mean, I know it sounds simplistic, and yes. I keep going back to it. It but matters. When, but when sixteen percent of South Carolinians come into vote in primaries. That was it, people. We should be ashamed. We had people die. You talked about the founding fathers creating the Constitution. People came here for the... They wanted to give the power to the people. Your power is in your vote. So do not give me that tired argument of, it's only me. I can't... Oh, woe is me, right? I can't change anything. Yes, you can. There there, There are so few people voting People are winning elections by one or two votes. Your vote matters. Your vote matters on a big scale, on a small scale. And let me tell you what people don't understand about primaries. When you don't like your your general election candidates, mm-hmm. shame on you for not voting in that primary, right? You know, you see the fringes entering the game. They're coming in and we're seeing them take ticket places. How do you think AOC got in? Yeah. You think because people voted because they thought she was a brilliant rocket scientist and she was going to have some really thoughtful and changing ideas? No. She knew that a very small sector vote, she mobilized them and got them in. And then, heck, it was a Democrat-held area. And they might not have liked her, but it was their candidate. So it was vote for her, vote for nobody. Well, and this issue that's coming up in certain uh, districts where the Democrats are trying to uh, implement rank order voting that only makes the problem worse you know Did which you, is, which you, is a, a direct i think threat to democracy what about jungle primaries i, I think jungle that, primaries so it's like what happens in alaska I, I was talking to their lieutenant governor it was so confusing like you vote yeah that's what i'm for talking like about three, yeah. oh, so, okay so yeah, you've, you've, ranked they call it a jungle primary yeah. or jungle voting or it, and you come in you it, vote for three people yeah it's absurd and the only way you can really vote in the traditional sense that we understand it is to vote for one person and one person only. But then it, that, but then I heard somebody say, a strategist say that that would be bad because you could, if you get the most votes, so if, 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 if you got more votes and everybody's second choice, yeah. but that was the most amount of votes, you win. Yes. Uh, who, can you imagine it's, with everybody worried about election integrity right now trying to explain yeah. that to people? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, one thing I thought about, uh, Pam, and tell me what you think about this is back. I remember back when Newt Gingrich and and the Republicans, the House Republicans running in the mid nineties, they came up with this thing called the contract with America. And it was short. It was simple. And I thought to myself, why can't we do that? Why can't we say these are the things that Republicans are going to do when we take the house and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to fix inflation. We're going to fix the border. 
it's not a long list, but no. we've got things that we can't continue to allow to happen. Or we're not going to be a country, and it's not going to be a long time. So I think, I think you're, you're thinking in the right direction. I really think the world of Congressman Duncan, we've gotten to be friends since I've been lieutenant governor. We check in with each other. Yeah. It's, it's a switch-off call. Like I'll call him about 30 days later. He'll call me, and we yeah. go back and forth. We talked about that the last time we talked, about when, when Republicans take back over Congress, they're going to do a, they need to go back to do a contract to America so that we know exactly what they're going to do. And let's face it's it. It's an incredible missed opportunity. They, they should be talking about it now. Joe Biden did yeah. it. The Democrats stole that. Yeah. Because he said he was going to he was going to shut off, you know, our pipelines. He was going to pay off student debt. He was going to do it. And he did it. Yeah. I mean, with the stroke of a pen. And it's not constitutional. And I hope to God there's a lawsuit out there about to be dropped on the Supreme Court stopping all this. Because... Uh, well, the Speaker I, I of the House so. said he didn't have the power last year, you know, so. Yeah. Well, she, uh, maybe maybe they, they're seeing the same. On, on what planet does anybody think he has that power? That's that's my question. Well, thoughts? Yes. I, I think, guys, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. So yeah, any we'll uh, any parting thoughts? We always love to have you on the show. We could spend the whole show talking yeah. with I know. you. We'll do that one day. Yeah, yeah, one day. I just want you, you can come in and guest host with me. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. We'll do that one all, Saturday. Two segments are never enough. I right. know. But, you know, my thoughts for everybody is we have a we have an election in November. Yeah. And and really, we say this every time, but I think it's, it's more critical than I've ever seen it in my lifetime because it's more upside down. The governor and I, we are up for election. You have a lot of great Republicans here we have to keep south carolina red right and let me tell you our opponents are are going off of issues that you know legalize marijuana for all where where has that worked well yeah i mean where has that ever not cost the government and it's never yielded the money that people try to tout it well you know, who wants to take us back to the row abortion days, you know, wants to put all kinds of things into and But he's, he's trying to appeal to a certain sect. Like I said, that's their strategy to get them out and vote. Yeah. So Republicans. They're they're building little groups of people dependent on government. That's, that's right. Their, that's, that's their strategy. And so we need to get out for all of us who get up every morning, work hard, kiss our kids on the head, love them, want them to have a future. You better get off your duff and get out there and vote and, and make this a real statement to the Democrats that this has gone too far and none of us are going to stand for it anymore. Amen to that. Folks, it's Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett. Great parting words from our own Lieutenant Governor. Thanks for joining us Thanks, here this morning. Thanks, guys. And uh, come back anytime. I'm going to. All right, very good. Folks. Happy birthday, Freddie. And uh, we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with Solicitor Jimmy Richardson and more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett. Don't leave town. Help me Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee. And we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've seen a lot of volatility in the market over the last few months. A lot of shareholder value seems to have evaporated. How are you counseling your clients to deal with tough times in a very volatile market? As long as we continue to keep our process and our planning in place, that we know where we're going and we have shifted to a get paid while you wait scenario. We've increased the dividends and the interest to get paid while you wait. But be careful of order takers and advisors or so-called salesmen with licenses out there. Have a true advisor. 
Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services. To get real advice from a real advisor, contact them online at powellfinancialservices.com or reach them anytime at 843-945-4480. Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA Civic. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 839 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on the bonus second cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. I want to thank our own Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett for joining us here in the studio. Great interview. Always a great uh, time with her. She's a wonderful guest and she gives us uh, the benefit of her wisdom and is generous with her time so often here on Saturday Morning Coffee. So I want to thank her and her husband, David, for giving a little bit of their Saturday morning to us here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Always enjoy talking to her. She's great. Great patriots and wonderful people. Yeah, wonderful people. Uh, The pontificator checking in on the PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line, why can't South Carolina sue the feds over all these debacles? That's a great question, pontificator. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. I'm sure uh, there are folks thinking about that already. Speaking of suing the feds, there's such a long list of grievances at the moment, Glenn. You can think of so many things going on that just don't need to be happening that are literally breaking the country right in front of our uh, eyes. Where, where do you start? You know, where do you begin to sue the government for so much that's going on? So we're joined here in the studio by our own solicitor, Jimmy Richardson. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I, um, it's really tough following Pam. Yeah. I'm telling you, as a state, we have got a wonderful lieutenant governor. Yes, we do. We do. Um, and a wonderful governor, too. I talked with him the other day, um, Governor McMaster, and I told him just what a uh, wonderful lieutenant governor he had. She is constantly working. Yep. So, but um, She's like the Energizer Bunny. Amen. Uh, they, they've got another event this afternoon. So, uh, But um, I caught the tail end of it talking about why don't South Carolina sue the feds. Um, having lived this for about three years, Believe you me, the feds will sue South Carolina. I was on a uh, lawsuit for, uh, we, we finally got it, um, never turned into them suing, but the um, Americans with uh, Disabilities Act, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those guys came after me, and it took about three years. Um, we just... Um, Who sued you? The American with Disabilities, that part of the government, yeah, the yeah, feds, yeah. Uh, over our drug court, and we just finally said, look, man... Um, Go ahead and sue. Pick 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you anything else. We About drug court, meaning that the yeah. people on drugs had a disability? Yeah, well, um, they uh, that was their big argument. They said, look, um, we have changed the, um, the the book. The What is it? Due process? Re- no, the um, DSSSN or whatever that book oh, yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mental health, and we have made mental health a, um, a crime. We've made drugs... Um, 
mental health, and um, you are um, kicking against these guys and They're, not giving them suboxone and stuff. Basically so. saying that you're criminalizing mental illness. Yes, yes, that we in uh, drug court, it wasn't that we ever really blocked people from coming in with suboxone and um, methadone. Our argument was that, you know, getting away from all drugs would be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that fight went on for, like I said, about three years. The guy that they were bringing up against us, you know, the the one that had actually started the special needs suit, get this, he was in... Um, he was in drug court for stealing money to support, uh, to get more uh, Suboxone, not okay. to get more heroin. So it is uh, one of those things that, you know, it, it's better than heroin, obviously, but it is addictive, you know. And see, now uh, I've never heard of Suboxone. I know the methadone clinic that I pass sometimes on yeah. the way to work, yeah. it's loaded in the morning at five o'clock in the oh, morning. Yeah, I sure. mean, that parking lot's full. Well, don't believe the feds won't sue you. <laughs> uh, they will. They don't. They don't uh, hesitate. Uh, Jimmy, one of the things I wanted to ask you about this morning—that's interesting. One of the things that I wanted to—we've been talking this morning about uh, the FBI and the situation. You know, there, there are things happening in this country that are very troubling. Have been troubling, but it seems as though since, particularly since Biden entered into the office, into the White House. That it's almost like we are on we are on an accelerated decline. It's beginning to feel like free fall, and you really wonder where the future of the country is headed if we don't intervene. And we, I don't know if you were listening to any of the show previously, but one of the things we've been talking about, you know, there's a few things we, that I think we were afraid of, we were concerned about, we suspected, but now we know. We, we've been concerned for some time that social media was influencing the outcome of our elections. Now we know that. Mark Zuckerberg has, we already knew that Twitter and, and what they did to the New York Post and the Hunter Biden laptop story, suspending their account. I mean, Twitter literally banned certain information from their piece of the Internet. Then you've got Mark Zuckerberg, who's now said in an interview with uh, Joe Rogan, yeah, we throttled the laptop story. And so you got, so that, that, that's one issue that I don't think we can continue uh, to tolerate. You just can't tolerate that in a free country. And then you've got the fact that government is just growing by leaps and bounds. I noticed uh, last week I was reading a story, Jimmy, that Biden and congressional Democrats have spent $3.8 trillion on their agenda since Election Day. I mean, since Inauguration Day. Now, that's in addition to all the other trillions of dollars that the federal government is already spending. This is new money. This is new spending. And then you have the president this week at the drop of a hat that cancels trillions of dollars of student loan debt because he obviously wants votes in November. And, and, and the last thing I would say that we've talked about this morning is we have in the FBI and the DOJ, and I just want your take on it as somebody who is in law enforcement, we, we have an FBI that appears to have been weaponized along with the DOJ for political purposes. And you can't have, Jimmy, a political police force in a, in a constitutional Republican democracy, can you? You sure can't. And uh, this has been, I mean, out of all of the things, it really burns me. And and it, I'll be honest with you, it comes a lot more from the left, but it comes from both sides. Not, you know, I don't I don't deal as much with the federal government. Um, we do have U.S. attorneys in-house, but mm-hmm. uh, from the every time, even in the state, uh, people have come to this 
point where they want to weaponize even the local police against their opponents. And you've got to have the backbone to stand up against that and say, no, this is not criminal. This may be civil. You need to bring this out in the um, in, in the civil way. Sue somebody if, yeah. if you want to. But we're not allowing police uh, to go out against your political opponents. And I think that um, over time, and you talked about Hoover, and uh, it's been going on for a while, but over time, um, that has eroded, that backbone has eroded, and yeah. it does feel like that the FBI um, has been, in, in certain circles, have been used against some of the um, some of their political opponents. Uh, and it's it's really sad because uh, a nation uh, can't can't continue to exist and can't continue to thrive when that happens. And there's no faith. We've got to have polite, uh, um, faith in the police force. We got to yeah. have, we got to have faith to know um, that uh, that's the big social contract that we do away with as as citizens. We say, look, I'm not going to take a because you've done me wrong. I'm not yeah. going to take a axe handle or something and go beat you to death. Um, I'm going to leave it to the police. But you got to have faith in the police to be able to do that. That's the rule of law. That's what we talk about all the time on this program. People have to believe, and nobody's perfect, by the way. Police are going to make mistakes, but they have to believe that the laws are being enforced even-handedly. And there's not one set of rules for Republicans or people on the left and another set of rules for people on the right. It's got to be fair. And that's why Lady Justice wears a blindfold. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to take a quick commercial break. Can you stick with us? Yes, sir. All right, folks. We're talking to Jimmy Richardson, solicitor here in Ory and Georgetown counties. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Text us 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Liz Callaway here for Conway Ford, your hometown dealership and winner of the 2021 Ford Precedence Award. To earn the Precedence Award, dealerships must exceed customer expectations in every department. And that's exactly what we do at Conway Ford. Whether you're buying a vehicle, getting one serviced, or just doing some window shopping, we want your experience to be a memorable one. Our buying experience is better than our competitors. We guarantee it. For the best buying experience, take the short drive to Conway Ford and let us exceed your expectations. Dan Bongino. That's where cancel culture, PC culture, woke culture, whatever you'd like to call it, comes into play. CRT, identity politics, they don't really believe this stuff, folks. Trust me, I'm not talking about the useful idiots in the media. They'll believe anything. They'll just parrot it like an actual opinion. Probably a little cracker, they're that dumb. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the sophisticated socialists who know exactly what they're doing in the Great Reset crowd. Dan Bongino, weekdays at noon on Talk 94.5. The Dan Bongino Show. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. You've made it to the Parting Wisdom segment of Saturday Morning Coffee, 852 on your Saturday morning. Talking to Solicitor Jimmy Richardson here on Saturday Morning Coffee this morning. Jimmy, thanks for joining us here on the program. Yes, sir. It's always good to be with you guys. Always good to talk to you. Jimmy, one of the things that you and I have been talking about is the fentanyl problem, which continues to explode. And and I think we've talked about how that's in large part a problem by the fact that we don't have a southern border certainly a big chunk of that problem but and it's funny to me that they've declared monkeypox to be a national emergency and yet i don't think anybody has died from monkeypox in mm-hmm. the united states and yet we've got people dying right and left from fentanyl overdose all over the country including right here in Orie county almost every day and and yet there's no national declaration of emergency anything uh reese um thanks to um our coroner's office, Tamara Willard, deputy coroner, sent me these numbers just yesterday, hot off the presses. We've had overdose deaths uh, on the rise since um, 2015. Every year it's uh, risen. In 2019, which seems like yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. 153 overdose deaths for Horry County. Uh, in 2021, last year, 286, almost wow. double from from the numbers of 2019. And 2022 is set to be just as bad as 2021, if not worse. We've got 106 confirmed overdose deaths, and we are halfway through the year with um, 31 autopsies pending. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And uh, 37 toxicology reports pending. So um, it's somewhere between 101 and 170 right now with um, halfway through August. And nationwide, it was around 71,000, right? Yeah, it's a lot so of folks. So far this year. A yeah. ton of people are dying, and every day. And, and, it's, and that doesn't even count, as we were talking about in the break, Jimmy. That's not the people who overdose. They still have to be dealt with. It's a huge burden on the system. And that they use Narcan, and in other ways, they're, they're keeping them alive. They're not dying, but yet it's a, you know. <laughs> but then they're dying from the next time. You know, they're, yeah. it's... It's a circle, and the fact that it is not a national emergency, monkeypox, how many gay men that sleep with multiple partners, what percentage in the United States is it? This drug problem is a real problem facing America, and it's just being totally ignored. Yeah. yeah. Well, those, those you'd have numbers. to fix the border. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to yeah. fix the border. I'm sorry, all, Jimmy. All go ahead. All this stuff, yeah, I mean, it's all coming. The, the fentanyl, it's coming in 55-gallon drums. It is coming through the our southern border. But it's coming from China. Now, all the heroin's coming from the mm-hmm. Middle East, um, yeah. you know, um, Afghanistan. But the fentanyl, which is 40 times stronger per volume than heroin, than heroin. is uh, coming over from China and uh, finding its way to Mexico and then up the border and for our area, up into New York, Queens, and then back down the I-95 corridor. Yeah. So, I mean, we've... And we're putting people away uh, every um, every week, and I get complaints every week, you know, about this is too much time for this guy, this is too much time, you know. But nobody sees that, you know, 280, yeah. uh, a person's dying a day um, because of Because, because of, of all this? Fentanyl. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just here in Orie County. Just that's, in Orie County. That's what's crazy. It's yeah. just, 
just as bad in Charleston. Yeah. Not quite as bad in Georgetown, but the upstate's got, you know, tons of it, too. Yeah. So, Jimmy, we appreciate all that you do and uh, all the great work that you and your team are doing. Any thoughts, final thoughts you want to share with us? I'm going to leave the the final wisdom to my friend Reese. I, right. I listen every morning. You're a lot better at it than I am. <laughs> I know it'll be a Bible verse. Though. Well, well, Jimmy, we uh, we always uh, end the show with the same verse from the Proverbs. But I want to thank you coming on the show. You guys are doing great work. I wish we had a little more time. It's funny. I always get to this point in the show, and I think about all the things that I was going to try to talk about that we didn't get, but we had just so much t- fun talking to the lieutenant governor, and it's always great to talk to you. And you wish you had all day to sit here and talk to folks, but it's uh, a little bit more complicated than that. We've got uh, other business to take care of. Let me ask you this. You are in the November election, right? You're going to mm-hmm. be on the ballot, but you don't have any opposition. It, that doesn't matter. I mean, I don't have opposition, but please um, vote early and often. If they're going to be uh, up here voting several times, y'all do too, and uh, just get back in line <laughs> until they tell them to get out. <laughs> Uh, folks, you did not hear that from your solicitor. Just that was a purely off-the-record comment. We'll strike that from the transcript. Yeah, but, uh, but mine, I'm I'm running unopposed. Thank the good Lord. Yes, yeah. thanks. Uh, thank goodness. So, yeah. Jimmy, it is always great to talk to you. Have a great uh, rest of your weekend, a great Saturday, and come back on the show anytime. Please, yes, sir. Thank you, folks. We've enjoyed talking to you guys uh, this morning as well. Thank you for sharing your Saturday morning with us. I want to thank the climbers. George the Tree Guy, the Pontificator, and other people who have chimed in on the uh, Saturday morning coffee. PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line this morning. It's been great uh, to be with you as always. There was a lot more in the stack that I wanted to get to, Glenn, and we have just flat out run out of time. Well, you've got a minute left. You've you got can a whole cover minute. it all in a minute. Yeah, can, right? I, can I cram it all down <laughs> in a minute? There was a great piece in the Wall Street Journal that I wanted to get to it was as the parting wisdom. We didn't quite have time to get to it, but it was basically saying that we've got to restore American greatness by restoring our commitment to a few things. And one of them, Jimmy, uh, this is, can the U.S. become exceptional again? And this show has been talking about how we are in a very precarious place as a nation. But one of the things that is important, we'll try to get to it next week, is the rule of law. People have to know that there is a law that is that it applies to them equally. And it doesn't matter what political stripe you are, what color you are. The rule of law is a fundamental building block of all our other freedoms. And if you don't have that, you can't have a democracy. You can't have a constitutional republic. So... Thank you, Jimmy. Always good to be with you. And it is great to have been with you guys for Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're talking today with Greg Sisson with the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team, your local experts here along the Grand Strand. And Greg, folks are asking a lot about these interest rates. Everybody knows that interest rates are climbing. What is that doing to the local real estate market here along the Grand Strand? That's a great question, Reese, because rates going from three to five is a big jump. And what's interesting is for a buyer, instead of five buyers for every house, now maybe there's three. So there's less competition for you as a buyer. And as a seller, we still have a one month supply of inventory. By definition, red hot market, just not the frenzy it was. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.